Well, good morning again. I thought I was going to be able to fix this egg, but it did not happen. It is, it is, it is, uh, I was going to say that we're right back to normal, but no, it is, uh, it has definitely been, uh, been demolished. Um, right. <laughs> we're going to burn it back together. Let's just show you what the cross did. No, <laughs> here you go. Anyway, um, so we, we're in the last week of this series called Fresh Air, um, and so uh, next week we're starting a new series called Our House. Um, we were supposed to start a couple weeks ago, but, uh, you know, uh, I got a little carried away with this one, and uh, so we're going to finish up with this one. But today, I want to, uh, as you are, uh, so I want you to clear away everything else that you kind of have in your mind right now. Just kind of take everything else. Uh, actually, why don't we, we're going to do an exercise. If you're at home, if you're watching at home right now, or if you're even in here, what I want you to do, I just want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and just breathe in and breathe out, right? I just want to clear out everything else. Just I want you to remove everything else that you got kind of on your brain. I know that some of you are going, I got to pay bills, Mike. I got to do this. I got to do that. I just want you to remove all of those things. Breathe in and breathe out all of that. Breathe out everything that's just kind of been an interruption. Breathe out everything that's kind of gotten in the way of doing what you've what God has called you to do, just breathe out. And then, and then here's what I want you to do, just to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. You just have to say, God, God, let me hear from you today. Just say it to yourself. Let me hear from you today. All right, if you were at home, that's good. If you were driving, I hope you didn't close your eyes. You can open your eyes back up. And uh, here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to think about this in today's message. I want you to know it's for those of you that feel like giving up. Because some of us, we feel like giving up we just go i'm just tired i'm struggling and see some of us we feel like giving up on goals some of us we feel like giving up on our dreams some of us we're feeling like giving up on a vision that god put before us you know um and i'll tell you is that those three right there for me so if you look at this so i have felt like giving up that's recently by the way i felt like giving up on some of the dreams that i've had some of the goals that I have out there and the vision that I have for this church, I continue to go, God, I don't know what you're trying to show me right now or which direction you're trying to have me go. I, I'll be honest with you, since the beginning of this year, it's been a very, very, very deep struggle for me. And the reason why is because I look at this and I go, God, what is happening? What is happening with growth? What is happening with my personal growth? What is happening with the direction of the church? What is happening in all these different places? And it's been a little bit of a weathering task on me because I've struggled going, God, this cannot be what you have in store for the edge. Can't be. I, I think that in this world right now, we've gotten so fearful. We're so afraid of, we've been listening to two years of COVID, 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 that we have forgotten the strength of God. We have forgotten that God is all-powerful, almighty, and he is one of these, and, and, and he comes through and he goes, I'm going to be with you. I gave you this dream. I want you to carry it out to the finish. And see, the problem has been is that I go, oh, God, it'd be so much easier to go do something else. It'd be so much easier to go someplace else. It'd be so much easier to go, and, you know, and, and so it reminded me, I just want to tell you, telling you big personal struggles for me, is that it reminded me a couple years ago, is that 
I'm having a conversation with a friend of ours. You may know him. His name is Michael Cheshire. Yeah, he came and preached at our church years ago. He wrote a couple books. And one of those books, he talked about why we eat our own and why we, why we, why we tear up one another. But when he came and, he, and him and I had a conversation before he ever walked in the door here, and he sat down, and, and, and as we were walking and we were talking, he goes, he goes, Mike, I need you to understand something. And, and, and I go, I said, I, I, said, I said, just, just let me know. Pour it upon me. I, I, need the, I need the information. I need what you can tell me. And he goes, he goes, if you're not struggling, you're probably not living for Jesus. And he goes, if it's too easy, he's off everything that you're doing. He's off working with the city was easy. It wouldn't be a Jesus thing. He's off growing your church was easy. It wouldn't be a Jesus thing. He's all if if your goals were easy, they wouldn't be a Jesus thing. Because if you if because if it's a Jesus thing, you are going to struggle. Time and time and time again, you're going to face difficulties and you're going to go, I want to quit. I want to give up. I want to I want to do something else, God. Please allow me to have a path that is so much kinder than the one I am walking right now. Because the one that I'm walking right now is full of strife and personal struggle, and it's making me get discouraged. And I think that if I'm there, I think that a lot of you are there. And the reason why I know that is because a lot of you, maybe you're watching casually at home. Maybe you're sitting in your car on your ride home. Maybe you're not even listening to this. You're like, maybe I'll just catch it one day, six months from now. And the problem is you've been going through this struggle, this strife, and you've been discouraged and you've gone, I've given up on God. That's where you're at. You started something, you hit resistance, and then you just like, I, I stalled out and gave up. And that's what happened. You, you were like, hey, I'm going to start this, I'm going to do this well. And you know, the problem is we go, we go, I didn't see enough progress. I saw a little bit of progress, but it wasn't enough for me, so I got discouraged and I quit. And, and that's what happens. Everyone, all of us, I, I want you to understand this. All of us in November and December, except for during COVID, because we're afraid of getting COVID, the, 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 the gyms rely upon you to show up in November and December to sign up for a gym membership on January 1st, because guess what? This is your year to get healthy. They know it. You're like, hey, you're going to come in, you're going to get healthy. If you go to Planet Fitness, you get your $10 a month, we're going to get you signed up. for t- Here's your initiation fee of $12, your $10 a month. And you're going to pay that $10 a month all year long because it's not enough money for you to go, that's enough to make me pay my Netflix bill because it's not enough to do that anymore. And so what happens, you go to the gym on, on, on January 1st, you go on January 3rd, you go on January 5th, you go on January 7th, and then they don't see you again until November when you go to re-up your membership. It's just how it works. It's how they make their money. The problem is that you went on January 1st, you got on the scale, you said, "Woo, I'm glad I'm here. You got on the scale again on January 3rd, and the number went up. You're like, what? What? Got, you got off, you went and did your workout, you went back, you got on the scale again on the 5th, you looked down, and you said, it went up again? What? 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 Got off, came back, and then you got back on it on the 9th, and you were like, I'm not doing this anymore. It was better for me eating Twinkies. I was losing weight, and then you left. That's how it goes. You get discouraged. You got resistance. Anything that you're going to do for Jesus, you're going to face resistance. Anytime that you're going to face resistance, it's going to make you get discouraged. Anytime you get discouraged, you're going to feel like giving up. That's how it works. See, here's the thing. Your relationships, you may go, I'm going to try and restore this. I'm going to work hard on my relationship. I want to be a good friend. 
And then it gets worse before it ever gets better. Because you have to deal with the brokenness before you can ever get it better. If your relationship was terrible with a friend of yours, you can't just show up and be like, hey, let's go out and kick it. you got to fix the terribleness first. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. Maybe you're going, I want to have a good marriage. Well, it's going to suck while you're trying to have a good marriage and the other person's going, they just want to get in my pants. They just want to get in my pants. They just want to get in my pants. That's what happens. And, it gets, and, and what happens is you're like, hey, here's some flowers. Here's some candy. Here's all this stuff. Here's some jewelry that you've been asking for for years. And they go, okay. By the way, this is all from the guy's side. Because if you're a guy and you got all that stuff, you'd be like, I don't really want this. Please buy me a Nintendo. Please buy me, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Actually, really all we want is they're like, hi, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. That's, you know, that's how, that's how guys work. But that's how it is. We, we get tired of running in the fight, and we get discouraged. Some of you are believing in a miracle and looking for a miracle right now. You're looking for a child to be healed. You're looking for you to be healed. You're looking to get from COVID. You're looking to get over an addiction. You're looking for something. You're looking for a change, and you're believing for a miracle, and you're just tired of waiting and waiting, and waiting. And see, some of you are going, Mike, I'm tired of praying. I'm tired of asking the same thing. I've believed, and yet he doesn't answer the way that I want him to answer, or he doesn't answer in a timely manner, and all of a sudden you get to this mindset, and you go discouraged, and I go, I just can't believe that this is the living hope that you've been preaching about, and I don't have any hope. And that's just where we get to. Today we're concluding a series called Fresh Air, and we've been talking about the decisions that will impact this year, the direction of our year, the direction of our life. And the really, if we understand this, the direction of our life is determined by the decisions that we make today. The problem is, is that we don't make decisions. We try to live reactive. Well, if this happened, I'm going to react this way. This happened, I'm going to react this way. And so instead of us going, I need to make plans, I need to set up a direction, I need to go, this is what I'm going to do. If this happens, this is how I'll respond. If this goes on, this is what I will do. If this happens, whatever, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need to be pre-deciding. Over the last eight weeks, we've talked about being ready. We talked about being consistent. We talked about being devoted. We talked about being generous. We talked about being faithful. And today we're going to talk about being a finisher. Being somebody who finishes things out. You see... And I want to go back to this. And I had, when we first started this, I had to repeat after me. So there's, only, there's a lot less in this room than there was when we started this. And I think that's because people heard, I'm going to be generous. And they were like, I'm not going to church for that week. I'm going to be faithful. I'm definitely not going to church for that week. Oh, I'm going to be a finisher? Mm, I'll be back for our new series there, Mike. <laughs> By the way, that's how it goes anytime we bring up money here. People are afraid of talking about money in church. They really are. They're, they're afraid of it. Uh, you, you, you're not getting my pocketbook, buddy. It's not going to happen. But, so let's start with this. I want you to just repeat after me. One, I am ready. I'm ready. No, no, you forgot the one. Well, no, okay. <laughs> so let's try again. I am ready. I am consistent. I am devoted. I am generous. I am faithful. And I am a finisher. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to actually believe those statements now. Don't just say them. I want you to actually believe that you are ready. That you are ready for what's going to be outside these walls when you walk out there. That you will be consistent in how you act. That you will be devoted to Jesus and God and his plan for your life and moving forward. 
that you will actually be generous, not just with your finances, but with your time, your resources, your, 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 God has gifted you with a talent. Be generous with it. Be generous with all of those things, but don't be stingy with one because you're like, I'm more generous with this one. No, 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 no. Be, be, be generous. Be faithful. Don't allow the slightest breeze to blow you off of the pathway and be a finisher. Today, we're going to talk about that. How many of you have found out that it's really easy to start something and it's hard to finish it? Anybody? Come on, there's more than one or two of you in here that's said that. It's easy to start something, right? See, w w <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm the visionary. I'll start it, you finish it. You know, that's what I tell people all the time. It doesn't work that way. See, and I tell, or how about another line? The idea is more important than most people understand. Just having the idea is more important than what most people understand. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. See, what do you think that separates average people from amazing people? Average people from amazing people. How about from, from empty people to fulfilled people? Or, or successful people compared to struggling people? What do you think the difference is? This? I, I want you to understand something. It's not intellect. There's lots of smart people that are suffering, right? Hard work. It, 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 that's part of it. It is. Faith. But, I mean, think about it. it it's not appearance, right? Because I know plenty, plenty of good-looking people that, that are completely empty inside. You, you, I mean, you've met plenty of them. You've walked up to somebody, and you're like, hey, how you doing? And they looked at you with just complete deer-in-the-headlights look. And you're like, oh, you're one of them people. And you just walked away. <laughs> you, you know, and plenty of them. Or it's not talent. I can tell you right now, I know plenty of talented people. I ran a bar that had musicians there all the time. They would be like, man, you're a great singer. And they were not getting on to the road show to be out there and be like, let's go play some music and make lots of money. No, they were driving a $50,000 car to go play a $50 gig. It's just how it went. It's not education, because some of the smartest people in the world are only making nine fifty an hour down in Arkansas. I just want you to know that. They work for NASA. I just want to know, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. no, but I mean, just think about it. It's not education. One of the richest people on the planet didn't even graduate college. If you didn't know that, Elon Musk didn't go to, he went to college and said, stop, this is not for people that are smart, and left. <laughs> just how it went. You see, or how about this one? It's not who you know, or it's not what you know, but who? No, nah, that's not what does it either. I want you to know that. Now it gives you an edge. Get you in. But Michael was right. It's hard work. It's perseverance. Perseverance is what gets you. It's the drive to finish. The drive to finish. The refusal to quit. See, I, I, I give you a, I'll give you one of these things that I have a problem with. So if I start a project, if I start a project, especially if it's something I know that I can fix, I can figure it out, I was like, I'll figure this out, I won't stop until it's done. I just won't. I'm just like, I'm and, I, and people start thinking, Mike, are you on drugs? Is something wrong with you? Or no, it's just, it's just how I'm wired. It, it, it's, it's crazy. And so, so what I, what I, what I do is my wife has to, like, I even have to silence my phone. I have to turn things off. I have to turn off, find my, you know, find me because she'll just come track me and drag me out. Um, it, it's I'm serious about it, by the way. 
I'm very serious about it. It, it. it ends up being one of those things, but it's perseverance. It's a drive to finish. It, it's what it is. It's only been as of late. I was like, oh, I got to go. I'll get that later. And, and so here's the problem, though. It stopped my drive in other areas, too. But by hindering that drive there, I'd stop my drive in other places. It's made it to where I'm going, I'm not going to fulfill the things that God has asked me to do in these directions because I'm, le- I'm neglecting this. I've given myself an excuse to quit. That's what I've done. Gave myself an excuse to quit. And I think some of us in this room have given ourselves excuses to quit. We don't want to hear from our spouse. We don't want to do this. And so it's not saying that we don't stop. It's not saying that you don't do things to work. You work yourself to death. But it's, you start doing things within timelines and you set things up. So Angela Duckworth, she does this groundbreaking research. She comes out and she asks this question, why do successful people succeed? Why do successful people succeed? What, what do you think it is? They looked at teachers. They looked at people in the military. They looked at business leaders. They even talked to spelling bee champions, right? They went through and they just talked to these people. And they go, what is it that makes them succeed? And they came up with the one single answer. It's on the top of your notes. Grit. The word is grit. And it's the strength of character that refuses to quit. It's the number one thing about people that actually go through and they are successful is because they have grit. See, the problem is enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. Enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. So this is the reason why we talk about and we said we are finishers. So we're going to change this line for us. We're going to go, when I commit, I don't quit. When I commit to something, I don't quit. I am a finisher. And so when we look at it and we go, there's strength in our perseverance. That perseverance is grit. And it's that refusal to quit. I'm not going to give up on this. And see, I want, we're going to look at Paul's emotional farewell. And he's writing a letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. And it's in 2 Timothy 4. And, and now I want you to understand something. In the context of this, it appears that Nero has already sentenced Paul to be beheaded at this point. Okay, He's already given the sentence, and Paul is awaiting execution. And I want you, I, here's what I need you to understand something, is that the cell that he was in, so you, you have to understand at this time, Roman Empire, the way it worked, is they would build, they, first they would dig a hole in the ground, right? And they actually, so Romans back then were, were, were super wise about running water, okay? They were good about water. They were good, they, they, we, we've talked about this before, where, where tepid water comes in, because hot water used to come in from Laodicea, and cold water would come in from another place. They were very, very good about plumbing. And so the first thing that they learned how to do was how to use the restroom indoors. One of those things that they had to do. And so they had internal plumbing, they just didn't use pipes. So... The first thing that you would do is you would create your little chamber of how it would get down, and guess where do you think it would go? Anybody knows which way crap rolls, right? It rolls downhill. So if you were in the top of the palace, how do you make it to where the crap rolls downhill? You got to get it all the way down to the bottom. Where's the jail at? And you ever see the jail at the top of the place? You're like, hey, I'm in the penthouse. This is where you know. No, 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 no. The jail is at the bottom. So, Paul is in a deep cavern (laughs) he's in a doo-doo dungeon (laughs) is where he's at (laughs) want you to know that's where he's at okay he's in a doo-doo dungeon he's underground this is where the sewage drains to 
Most prisoners would die before execution, waiting for it here in the doo-doo dungeon. There, so I'm telling you right now, it wasn't a torture chamber as the ones that you think of, as you go like, hey, they had whips, chains, and all that stuff. And some of you guys like that. You're like Rihanna fans or whatever. But, but you go back to this back then. <laughs> back then, it was the sewage drain. That, and that's terrible, right? That's just terrible on its own. And so here's what it is. Days before he's beheading, he writes to Timothy, his spiritual son. And here's what he says. He says, do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Here's where he's at. He's literally in the doo-doo, and he's going, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. I, I'm in the thick of it. I'm dealing with it. I'm here. Work at telling others the good news. Work at telling them. I'm, I'm literally going through all of these terrible things, and now you have to work. I'm, I've been ordered to be beheaded. They're getting ready to lop my head off, and they've locked me in a room that the sewage keeps pumping into. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that online, but somebody actually said what it is. But that's what it is. And so here's what he comes down to. He gets to this point and he says, he says, do not be afraid of telling others the good news and fully carrying out the ministry that God is giving to you. God, you guys gotta get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> we gotta move on from that. Verse 6, verse 6, he says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. I, I need you to think about this. We laugh and joke about it right now, because I literally just did that. But just think that Paul continued the whole time he's writing to his spiritual son. He goes, be strong, be faithful, continue to be courageous because even though I'm in this situation, I'm getting ready to have my head cut off. It, it's coming in a few days and I'm sitting here and I'm living in this situation that is terrible. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to continue to do what God has asked me to do. I'm going to continue to preach the message. I'm going to continue to convert this Roman guard. I'm going to continue to talk to them. I'm going to continue to share the gospel. I'm going to continue to be generous. I'm going to continue to love. I'm going to continue to be ready for whatever that God has put in front of me. The problem is we're not doing that. We get in the middle of the doo-doo and we go, oh, I give up. I I'm done with this. It's gotten thick. It's gotten tough. It's gotten hard. And we move on. See, it's obvious that Paul had finished his race. That's where it is. He had finished it. But you haven't finished yours. You haven't finished your race. So no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, wherever you find yourself, if you're discouraged, if you're struggling, if you feel like you're going to give up, you have not finished your race. If you are still alive, then you are not done. There is work still to be done. You may go, well, God, what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? What's supposed to be happening here? I want you to know there's more to do. There's more people to love. There's more people to help. There's more ministries to start. 
There's more businesses that need to be launched. There's, no, there's, no, there's more things that need to be created. There's more content that needs to be created. There's more hope that needs to be shared with people. There's more friendships that need to be made. And there's more addictions that need to be broken. We need to start looking at going, we were created for so much more than waiting through whatever crap that we put into our lives. If you go back to Mark 2, open up Mark 2 and you see their three friends and they're trying to get their friend to Jesus. They get to the tower, they get to the building that they're in, they get to this building and all of a sudden it's packed. It's a, you can't get anybody in there. It's, a, it's like a nightclub prior to COVID. Sweat dropping off the ceiling. They're like, what's going on? I got to get in there. And they're trying to get to Jesus. And what they do is they go, we're going to figure out what we, we get up onto the roof. We're going to do whatever it takes to get somebody to him. They get up there, get on the roof. And back then, the roofs were make, made a little differently than what ours are now. They weren't wood. They weren't made out of... They, they, it, was, it was literally twigs, <laughs> dirt, and the solid factor would hold it all together was cow poop. That's what made it to where it all dried nice and tight, made it to where you had a waterproof ceiling. And what do those guys do? They get up there and they go, we got to get to Jesus. And so what do they do? They cut through the crap in order to get to him. We get to the, we get to the first bit of resistance and we go, hmm, I'm not touching that. I'm not going in that direction. And then let's fast forward. Let's get to where Peter is told. He said, Jesus it was very, very specific. He said, go take care and feed my sheep. Okay, there's a reason why people are called sheep. One, we'll be led into anything. All it takes is the right staff. Come on. Number one. Number two, sheep are the most filthy animals ever. Ever. They're worse than pigs. You may not think of that, but they are. Because, see, at least with pigs, it just falls off of them. They dry out. Everything falls off. You rinse it off with a, you know, you rinse it off with a hose. With a sheep, you rinse it off with a hose, it turns into a medium. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, just joking. Anyway, but, but what happens is, is that sheep, when it, you know, ever, have you ever watched an animal that has curly hair, and when it goes to the bathroom, where does all that end up at? On their fur. They roll around in it. They, 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 they love playing in the mud. That's how they get cool. They're just like, it, it, they, they roll around in that, too. Then... They go out in the rain. So I want you to understand something about a sheep. Sheep, if they get wet, if they're out in the rain and they fall over, the heaviness of their coat causes them to exasperate. They literally will die from suffocation because they've laid on their side and they can't breathe anymore. They just, and then the more it rains on them, the more that it, the water compounds on them and it just makes it to where they, just, they, they, they give up. And what Jesus is telling us is that we need to go out there and be in the mud. We need to be out there in the dirt. We need to be out there in the rain. We need to have grit, and we need to lift them up and get them moving, get them out of their way. We have to stop being afraid of getting dirty. We have to, as shepherds and as people of faith, we have to go out and we have to go be part of getting dirty. And that means going and dealing with people and their addictions. That means going and dealing with people and their brokenness. That means going and dealing with people where they're hurting. We have to be willing to go do these things. You have to understand is that God has more for you. God has more for everybody that's outside of these walls and everybody who's outside of these TV screens that you're watching on or your computer screens or your iPhones or your, your Android device, wherever you're watching at, God has more. He has more. 
Stop giving up when it gets a little challenging. Because you are definitely not getting ready to be beheaded. And you're definitely not wading through the crap. Change your mind. There is so much to do. I get it. You may feel overwhelmed because there is a lot to do. You may go, there, I got a lot to do. So David Allen wrote a book called Getting Things Done. <laughs> he says, much of the stress that people feel doesn't come from having to do too, having too much to do. Most of it comes from not finishing what they've started. Most of the stress that people feel is from not finishing what they've started. So think about it. Think about it for a moment. And I'm not talking about trying to finish off season four of whatever Netflix show that you're watching. Hey, that's not what it is. Think about what you haven't finished. What is it that you have outstanding? What is it that you have that you got to get done? And I know that some of you are going, well, Mike, I don't, I don't have time to get it done. You had time to start it. You had plenty of COVID time. I'm just telling you. You had it. See, God prompted you to start something. God didn't prompt you to start the Netflix show that you're watching. God didn't prompt you to start the, the Hulu show that you're watching or whatever you're watching on TikTok or whatever you're watching on Hulu, you know, whatever it is that the scroll, the Facebook scroll, the never ending people love, people have things better than you, that everything is great. Here's the fake news that you've been missing out on. All of those things that you just continue to scroll through. God never prompted you to do that, by the way. God never once prompted you to go on Facebook. Never once prompted you to go on Pinterest. Never once prompted you to go on Instagram. Never once prompted you to go on and watch TikTok. Never, ever. Those are all selfish desires that you do it in order to eat up time that God has granted you to go out and reach people for Jesus. That's what he did. You feel a little guilty? Sorry. Welcome to the edge where I make you feel good about yourself. Now go out and do the work. Here's what it says. Look at Revelations 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, I know your deeds. Guess what? Jesus knows what you've been doing to eat up the time that you've been supposed to be working for him. He knows that you've been on TikTok. He knows that you've been on Instagram. He knows that you've been on Facebook. He knows that you've been every other place and where you were supposed to be. He knows. He, <laughs> it's like Santa Claus. He knows when you're awake. No, no, he knows everything. And he knows, and this is the reason why God goes, hey, you may have called upon me, but I have no idea who you really are. I have no idea who you are. You may have said, Jesus, Jesus, I've done good works in your name. I still don't know who you are. Why? <laughs> because you let Instagram, you let Facebook, you let TikTok, you let Netflix, you let Hulu, you let Disney Plus, you let the movies that are out, you let Disneyland, Las Vegas, whatever. You let all of that overtake your life. You let it all, you let it, you let it get a foothold and you let it just compound and explode and just destroy your life. And so you wonder and go, God, why is it that you're not blessing me? Huh? Were you expecting Facebook to bless you? Did you expect Netflix to bless you? Did you expect any of those things? The one person who's supposed to, who's, who's promised you. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give to you. I'm going to provide for you. And that's the one person that you continue to ignore going, nope, this is more important. Almighty, whatever it is that you put up before it. I know. I know your deeds. 
you have a reputation for being alive because you put it out there on look at this it's all magical look at this selfie so pretty i'm gonna fake it up i'm gonna make it to where i'm a little skinnier my face doesn't have any blemishes everything's perfect look at the rides behind me look at how everything is you have a reputation for being alive because you faked it to get it there you faked it to get there but you were dead that's what scripture says i know your deeds you have a reputation of being alive but you are dead verse two wake up wake up wake up wherever you're watching at wherever you're consuming this at wherever you're in here you're out online wherever you're at wake up and if i could drop the f word in there i would wake the because that's where we need to be at strengthen what remains in and is about to die for i have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my god your deeds are unfinished the reason why you're still alive is because god has a plan for you to go do something if he wanted to take you each and every one of you has, has a near-death story each and every one of you I, I, no doubt in my mind i did this i almost died i did this i almost died i did this all of you have one even those little kids my parents dropped me on my head i almost died nope you got more to do you got things to do unfinished in the sight of god that's where our lives are they are unfinished go and do the work what is your unfinished business do you need to go heal a broken relationship do you need to go share your faith do you need to give what god told you to give do you need to go finish your degree do you need to start a hobby some of you need to start a hobby that's healthy okay start doing something do you need to join a small group do you need to start serving? Do you need to start a ministry? Do you need to go launch a business? Do you need to drop 20 pounds? Do you need to drop 200 pounds? What is it that you need to do? Start doing it. Do you need to just say, I'm sorry? <sighs> 2 Corinthians 8, 10 and 11 says, here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Finish what you started. Anybody ever ask the question, what does it matter if I quit? I think a lot of us ask that question. By the way, today must be good because I am sweating. It is like pouring off me. I can tell I'm in it. I'm like, woo, do this. What does it matter if I quit? See, every decision you make is a vote toward your future every decision you make is a, is a vote towards your future and so when you decide to quit you're voting that you don't have what it takes when you go i can't do this anymore you're voting to go i just i can't do it can't do it when you stand strong when you persevere when you don't back down you're voting i'm a finisher i can do this I'm going to persevere. I'm going to get through this. When I commit, I don't quit. See, that's the thing. <clears throat> I want you to know something. When I started preaching the word, it sucked. <laughs> you can go back and watch it on YouTube. They're all there. It is terrible. I can't believe that Susan's been here for all 12 years. I honestly can't. I look back and I go, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Why did people come to this? And the people, it was authentic. They were like, hey, he's a retard. He's doing it. Let's do this. Let's go be there. <laughs> I'm just, just making fun of myself, which I consistently do. But, but it was like, hey, if he can do it, I can do it, right? If he can, if, you know, and so 
I, I just want you to think about this. It was terrible, but I had people that continued to speak in my life. I had people that kept showing up, like Susan, and people that just kept being there and going, I believe in you. I, I have faith in you. you, you know, it, and it was always this thing where people would go, don't quit. I had literally had somebody, when we first, our first week in this building, she walked up to me and she goes, Michael, I'm so glad that you didn't quit. You, you had the perfect opportunity. You could have quit. Don't quit. I've had plenty of opportunities to walk away, guys. Plenty of opportunities. I want you to know that <laughs> during COVID, I was offered a job at a much, much larger church. And yet I go, God's not done with me here. This is where I'm supposed to be at. And, and <laughs> so let me tell you, it was tempting, right? They were like, hey, we're going to pay you this. And I said, okay. <laughs> I had to complete, if you've ever watched that in that live, and they were like, and we're going to give you this, and we're going to give you housing, and we're going to take care of it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And they go, but you got to move. And I go, oh, I can't do that. No, I'm supposed to be here. This is where I'm supposed to be at. This is where I'm supposed to be doing, this is where I'm supposed to be doing ministry. This is, where, this is where God has called me to be at. And because I don't like the circumstances I'm in right now, or I don't like how things are, how things are working out, I, I can't go, I, I'm going to quit. What does that show for what God has said? God has told me, I want you to do this here. I want you to finish this here. See, some of us, you may look at this, and you may see me struggle, I've, I, and I'll tell you I struggle, but I, you will not see me quit. You won't see me quit. When, and so when I commit, I don't quit. When I commit, I don't quit. I am a finisher. I, I never give up on stuff. I, and I work and I work and I work. It, it, look at what in Acts 20, verse 24, it says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task of the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. See, there's a phrase in there that many people miss. When Paul finished the race, and why he finished the race, you know, when you start looking at it, you know, he was like, hey, race harder, even though you're going to face setbacks. You're going to face setbacks, race harder. You're going to face obstacles, race harder. You're going to face opposition, race harder. You're going to face persecution, race harder. You're going to end up with pain, race harder. Harder, harder. The reason why Paul could finish God's race, because he wasn't running for himself. See, that's what you got to understand something. He wasn't running for himself. He was running for God. I consider my life to be worth nothing. I consider my life to be worth nothing to me. So, I don't want you to fill in that blanket. It's blank up here still for a reason. See, if you're quitting, if you're thinking about quitting, what God had you start, you're considering something more valuable than running God's race. That's where you're at. If you're considering quitting and you're considering giving up something and you're going, I just got to do this, you, you're, you're, you're looking at it and going, that's more valuable than the race that God has asked me to run. And now that I've asked you that, start thinking about it and going, I consider Facebook worth nothing to me. I consider, I consider Instagram worth nothing to me. I consider this worth nothing to me. I consider these things worth nothing to me because they hinder the race that God has asked me to run. So many of us have a race that God has asked. See, I have to look at this and I have to, I tell people and our staff, I tell them, I go, I want you to understand something. Nothing is more important in the church. It doesn't matter if it's our coffee shop, it doesn't matter if it's a shelter, it doesn't matter if it's a house. Church is number one. It's the number one thing because without the church, none of those things survive. None of those things continue to operate. Sure, you can run a coffee shop, 
You could run the shelter. You could do all those things. But then all of a sudden, they're not biblically centered. They're not edge-centered. All of a sudden, they just become for-profit businesses. And we're not a for-profit. We're a non-profit, which means that we will struggle. We will struggle. We will face difficulties. We will have all these challenges that come before us. And we have to still consider going, this is worth nothing to me, whatever this blank is, whatever it looks like. You can go, this blank, this car, this house, because it hinders me running the race for Jesus. What is it that you have been stopped from? What is it that we're going on? What is it the direction that we're doing? What is it that... What is it that you start looking at and go, what is it that's worth nothing to you because it's hindering the race? That, now, it may be one of those things you go, Mike, I can't give this up. I can't get this is how I do my business. This is how I do these things. Okay, well, you need to make it to where you go. I've got to separate it much better. How do you run the race that God has called you to run? I'm running out of time. This is what I'm doing. <clears throat> Here's how it is. We tell people, and we all know that, well, maybe all of us don't know it. How do you need an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you run the race that Jesus asked you to run? One step at a time. One step at a time. It's the next step, the next step, the next step. See, what you have to understand something, you don't have to finish today. Okay? You're not going to finish today. You don't have to finish today. You just have to take the next steps. Whatever it is, take a step. See, Jesus hung on the cross, and he goes, it is finished, right? They hated Jesus, and he loved them back. They talked about Jesus. They struck him, and he turned the other cheek so he could strike this other side. He, he fell carrying the cross, and then he stands, he stands back up. They cursed him, and he forgave them. You, you just have to start thinking about this. Start looking at all the things that Jesus did, all the direction that he went, everything that he did, and start looking and go, this is what Jesus did for me today, or Jesus did for me back then so that I could take the next step for him today. He loved. He continued to give. He continued to persevere through all of these things. And he goes, it is finished. Be ready. Be consistent. Be devoted. Be generous. Be faithful. Be a finisher. When you start making this statement, when you go, I commit, I don't quit. So here's what I want you to do. You may be right on the verge of quitting. If you're watching home, you may be on the verge of quitting. I want you to say another prayer. I want you to make another phone call. I want you to give another gift. I want you to send another email. I want you to run another mile. And I want you to memorize another verse. Whatever you feel like giving up on, Take another stab at it, because that perseverance is what that true grit is all about. Step into it. Take another lesson. Ask for another meeting. Talk to your child again. Pray for your children again. Pray for other children again. Pray, forgive again. Dream the dream that you continue to dream all over again. When you commit, you don't quit. Take another step. But what happens when you just can't go on? Anybody ever watched the, so years ago, I, I kind of got into watching the Olympics a little bit. Anybody ever watch the Olympics? I didn't watch them this year, just because what I did see was terrible. And, uh, but I usually watch them, but I, if you go back to 1992, there was a race that was being ran, it was the 400 meter, and the guy who's the record holder, his name is Derek Redman, he's the record holder in the 400 meter, and, it's, and they go to take off, and he gets right around the first turn and he, and he blows his hamstring 
And so he gets around the turn, and he blows his hamstring out, and it didn't even look like he'd finish. Most people, he, dropped down to the, he drops down onto the, the track, he drops down, and he, he doesn't think that he's going to be, he's like, and, he, and he gets up, and he starts, he starts hobbling, and people don't understand why. People are going, what, what's happening? But from the stands, you can see his father yelling at him, get up. And as he's trying to come down, and his father breaks through security, gets down onto the, onto the track, and he picks up his son, and he helps carry him to the finish because his son was like, I'm going to finish this race. He's got a pulled hamstring, and his dad is pushing away security, and he continues to push away Olympic officials. They're going, hey, it's not going to count. This isn't going to be any, it, it, it won't even go into the scorebook. He's out by injury. And he goes, my son will finish the race. God is trying to do the same thing for you. He's in the stands trying to get down. He's going, get up, run the race, finish the race, get to the end of this. And see, we have to get on and see, we have a father that's in the stands cheering on, on, and he says, you will never run alone as long as you continue to seek me. We will run this race together. What are you seeking where are you trying to find your joy? Where are you trying to find people to give you enthusiastic push and going, you will finish this race. You will get it done. There I can tell you right now, it's not on the distractions that you put before it. It's not on Facebook. It's not on YouTube. It's not on, it's not on TV. It's not in any of those places. Philippians 1.6, it says, be confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Why do people quit? Because they've made quitting an option. They've made quitting an option. You've made quitting an option in marriage, in ministry, with your goals, with God. You need to get back to this mindset of going, you may see me struggle, but you will not see me quit. You will not see me quit my ministry. You will not see me quit my, my marriage, my goals, my job. You won't see me when I quit, when I, when I, when I, <laughs> just even the thought of going, I quit is me going, God, I've let you down. Change your attitude. Have a mindset of going, I am a finisher. I will finish the work. I will do. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not telling you to stay in a dead end job. Okay. I'm telling you the work that Jesus is trying to do in your life. Allow that to come to completion. Allow that to be what finishes in your life. Stop allowing these other distractions in. Stop allowing these other things come into your life and make it to where you're just going, well, that's going to be what my life, you know, and see, that's, uh, <clears throat> I, I did a brief stint in construction. Brief stint. Uh, and I remember very clearly that the foreman would go, that's good enough. And you know what the problem is, that's good enough, is the hindrance to that's great. So much in our lives, we go, that's good enough. That's good enough. I, I've heard it all the time. That's good enough for government work, right? You know, that's just how it is. It's good enough. Good enough makes it to where we don't get the grade. We need to be striving. It says, it says strive for perfection. You're not going to be perfect. You're not gonna, it's not going to happen. But be striving for perfection. Try to get there. Don't give up. Move in a direction that allows us to, to live the way and run the race that Jesus asked us to run. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this message. Thank you for perseverance and grit. And thank you for putting us each on, a, on, a, on, a, on the track that you put each one of us on. Each one of us has a race to run, and we are not done yet. 
We're still here. We're still breathing. We're still focused on what you would have for us. And so, Father, I ask that you, you put us back on the track that we're supposed to be on and help us by maybe just blowing a little bit onto our backs so that way we can restart the race that we've been trying to run for you. Father, I ask that you, that you, you, you reignite our hearts for what you've asked us to do. You reignite our, our minds and, our, and, our, and, our, and just everything that we start looking at. Just help us to become on fire for you. On fire for the mission that you've set before us. On fire for, for the, the word. On fire for time and prayer with you. Just on fire for that relationship that you, that you desperately crawl, cry out from the stands for going, I am here with you and I want to be your biggest cheerleader and I want to be the one that sends you all the way across the finish line but be listening for my voice. Father, Father, help us create time and still. Help us to remove all the distractions. Help us remove all of the things that hinder us from running the race that you put us into. And let us just run for you. Father, thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.